Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Links and Locks Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Ben Everell from the PGA Tour, and that's right. We're back. That's right. The PGA Tour schedule starts up this week. Oh, man, we missed it. That was a long off season. But you know what? I have lost so much money already betting football in week one that I need some golf to start immediately. And we're here to help you make some of that cash. Fortnite Championship in Napa coming up this week. Ben, how are you? How was your off season? Oh, great, mate. Wait, you didn't you didn't take my picks on the National Rugby League playoffs out of Australia last week to catch up on those football bets? Probably hit them all. Knowing you, you probably made a ton off that stuff. Actually, well, there were three out of four were upsets, and I managed to pick three out of four. I was pretty proud of myself. As you know, we get back into the golf season, like you mentioned. I'm excited, as always, to be ready to rumble. And, you know, we've got this first event before we get to one of my favorites, the President's Cup next week. But as you said, Fortnite Championship first here in California, where I reside. Should be a great week. Yeah, you reside in California. You're not anywhere near wine country. You're more like wine, W-H-I-N-E country, but I kid, I kid. They're up in Napa this week, and it should be a great event. Look, par 72, plays just over 7,100 yards. We've seen some good champions in the past, including Max Homa. He is the only player on the U.S. President's Cup team that will make a stop in Napa before next week's team competition. There are four players, Hideki Matsuyama, Cameron Davis, Taylor Pendrith, and Corey Connors making their way over from Napa to Charlotte for the President's Cup at Quail Hollow next week. Let's get right into it, as we do every single week here on the pod. 18 holes, 18 bets. Benny, you're on the tee. Swing away. May we start a new year? I always like to give an outright first at the top. And how can I not start with an Aussie, mate? I'm going to go with Cam Davis, who you just mentioned. Cam Davis is pretty good in California in the past. He's gone close to quite a few different venues. He enjoys playing up there at Napa. I was there a couple of years ago where he was sort of, I think it was 17th and quite easily could have won that event had he a few things just gone his way. California vibes. He's about 22 to 2,500, depending on where you look already. More importantly, he's super, super confident now after getting that pick and call up to the President's Cup team. He's in a great headspace. He's excited to go. And, you know, a guy who can be a little nervy at times and, and can some used to be able to 
sometimes be a confidence player, you know, a little doubt in, in himself sometimes, has now lost all of that and is ready to rumble. He, he lives not too far up the coast uh, in Seattle. He is so pumped. I think he'll have a big week. He lives in Seattle? I don't think I knew that. Up in the Washington area. It's where his um, lovely young wife is from. That's where he's been settled for the past few years. And look, he is, as I said, he's just in a great headspace. It was a huge, huge confidence builder for him to go into those uh, meetings. He knew of his pick before the public did. They went on a secret scouting mission, uh, the international team. And he talked to me after that and was like, just on cloud nine, Adam Scott and the others just stood there and talked to him directly and said how good they thought he was and what he could contribute. And it's really lifted his spirits. I love his game. I love the course fit. I'm not sure I love any of the guys who have the President's Cup coming up next week. I'm, for the most part, fading those players. Really, they're five of the top seven on the board. I will go after the other two players a little bit who aren't playing in the President's Cup near the top. But for the most part, look, we saw John Rom. John Rom's as talented as anybody. He played this event prior to the Ryder Cup last year. He wound up missing the cut. Sort of seemed like a weird, uh, you know, why are you doing that? Shake off some rust, but you really don't want to play too well. And then you're playing late into Sunday and you're trying to go over there. I feel like it could be the same sort of issue for the President's Cup player. So I like that play, but I'm not going to play him or his teammates who are in the mix this week. Instead, we'll get to the second hole. Usually we give just an outright long shot. I don't know that Cam Davis necessarily qualifies as a long shot, but I'll give you a couple of guys who are longer. I'll give you two of them. Guys who have played on past American sides in the Ryder and President's Cup. The first one, I had no thoughts about him being on my card whatsoever until I saw the number next to his name on Monday morning. Webb Simpson has not been playing his best golf. Webb Simpson at 65 to 1. I don't care that he hasn't been playing his best golf. He's proven that he can close out PGA Tour events. For all we know, he's been working hard over the last few weeks. He gets out there. He's got a couple of top 20 finishes in six career starts. I could certainly see him having a good week. And the other guy, again, this is just a number play. It's not necessarily a guy that was on my original list, but you give me Harris English with his talent level at 150 to one. Sure. Why not? I'll take a shot on that. So again, these are just a couple of big swings at big numbers and I'm not going to play a lot of them, but why not for the numbers that are next to their names, the prices, I will take a shot on Simpson in English. To your earlier point on the guys in the pickup and you know, maybe having their mind ahead of the game, it's a 100% valid point. As I said, two guys you'll hear me talk about, you've heard one that I think that can still be considered plays. I mentioned Davis just because I think that the boost in what he's got going will help him. But you're right. Like I looked at, originally looked at Homer and thought, Oh, he's a no-brainer for a top five, top 10. And then I did remember back to John Rahm, as you mentioned. Now, I don't think Max Homer is going to necessarily turn it up a little bit like Rahm did, but that little factor that he's got the week after to prove himself might just seem be a little bit off, and you don't have to be much off, as you know, to fall down leaderboards on the PGA Tour. I want to get to some long shots later. I've got a few, but I'm going to go to my top five play because it's kind of a long shot as well and in the same vein of what you were talking about. This number for a top five is 1,200. So 12 to one on a top five on a guy who's been on these teams before, Gary Woodland. I like Gary Woodland. Now, let me tell you, this is a little bit of a weird reason, but when I flew back from the BMW Championship after the playoffs, I was waiting for my bags at uh, LAX Airport, and there was Gary Woodland waiting for his golf clubs as well at the same time. I'm like, what are you doing here? You go on vacation? No, he was coming out to be, spend some dedicated time with Coach Butch get things dialed back in, get his game back to where he wanted it to be. 
and he was very confident that he would hit the ground running once the new mm-hmm. season started up. So, look, I obviously wasn't at any of those sessions. I don't know how well they went, but I just see that number and think it's worth a bit of a shot, given that he literally went there for the boot camps and everything else. You might see an uptick early on Gary Woodland. So top five, 1,200, I like that look. I like you hanging out by baggage claim, trying to get some inside info for us. That's pretty nice. I'm going to go with a guy for a top five who is essentially the complete opposite of Gary Woodland. And yet they were once in a playoff against each other. Woodland beat Ches Reeve in a playoff in Phoenix four years ago. So I don't know, maybe there's a correlation there. Ches Reeve back in 2008, when this event was called the fries.com open and it was played in Scottsdale, Arizona, he missed the cut. Why does that matter? It doesn't really, other than the fact that he hasn't missed a cut here at this event since then. He's made 11 straight weekends, including six top 25s. He was third place two years ago, and he was playing some really good golf up until and and before winning the Barracuda Championship this past summer. Following that, it was just sort of average, everything between 47th and 54th place. Just a whole lot of eh to finish the season, but I do think that He's a West Coast guy. Being back on the West Coast should help him this week. I'm going Ches Reeve, top five. Interestingly enough, different player from Gary Woodland, same odds. He is also 12 to one for a top five. Yeah, mate, look, I love that. I actually thought that he would be a guy that would make the run through the playoffs. And I think I even um, put that on paper before the playoffs began. He didn't quite get off to the quick start in Memphis that I was hoping for to help him through to the BMW, to be at a, at a spot to really strike from at the BMW. But this is the sort of course where those type of players can absolutely excel. And with that, I'm going to pivot, move one of my holes around. I'm going to show you a top 20 play with a slightly different version. Hasn't had quite the success as your man you just mentioned, but a similar style of game. And I'm going to say a top 20 play at good odds of plus 450, Cameron Percy. Uh, the Aussie who loves his wine, loves being in Napa. And here's some finishes he's had, right? He's 24th, 26th, 7th, and 23rd. In the year he was 7th, you probably honestly should have challenged for the victory. A late double bogey, I believe, on Sunday cost him big time. But, like, he hangs around that top 25 mark every time at this, at this course, at this venue. Has a big week. It's like one of his little majors of the year to get to Napa. So when I saw top 20 at 450, while he has only one of those times dropped into that top 20, I still think the odds are there. Drop it down to top 40 if you're looking for a bit more solid play. But Cam Percy, weirdly enough, this is a week for him. Probably the only week you're really looking at him solidly. You bring up an interesting thought. Do we chase the guys who like a little wine this week because they're going to be all over Napa? Or do we stay away from the guys who like a little bit of wine just because, well, they, they like a little bit of wine. They have it there. I don't know if I have a definitive answer to that, but... I'll go to my sixth hole in my top 10 play. I will make this case all the time. And we talk golf betting here on the pod. Before people were really betting on golf, before it became a little more mainstream, I don't know that people were as big fans of the game. If you didn't bet golf over the past year, you probably knew nothing about Mark Hubbard. Probably slipped through the cracks. You've heard the name maybe, maybe saw a couple of shots of his on TV, but you didn't really know. If you're betting on golf, you're engaged in the product, you're making DFS plays, making top 10, top 20 bets. Trust me, you knew exactly what Mark Hubbard was doing last year, which was a nice little career resurgence, kept his PGA Tour card, had a couple of top fives, the Barracuda and the Barbasol, right in the middle of the summer. This is a nice place to target him, another West Coast guy. I am leaning heavily on my West Coasters this week. I'll take 
Mark Hubbard for a top 10 at eight to one. Love it. I'm going to go to this top 10 play now. Full disclosure, I did not talk to Jason Sobel prior to this pick. And if he has a reason to go against it, then listen to him, not me. But two-time winner of the event, Brendan Steele, his good mate. I see that plus 500 for a top 10. He's won the event twice. Look, it was a while back, back in the 17-18 seasons, which was actually in 16 and 17. So it's a while removed since he was that good. Um, but I just, you know, I, I like a bit of nostalgia at this time of year um, and something different. And I just saw the 500 and thought, okay, bit of a chance there to pick up on something that might come good. Two things for you. T to green, almost nobody was playing better than Brendan Steele over the course of the last eight or 10 events of the previous season. The second part of this is that I'm not sure there's another player who's such a horse horse as Brendan Steele. He seems like he makes at least half of his money, if not more, at about six courses on a regular basis. This, of course, is one of them. He's played really well here in the past, not just those two wins, but even the year before those two wins, he was the 54-hole leader and coulda, shoulda, woulda won that one as well. Look, it's all about the putter for him because the tee to green game is there. Getting him on familiar greens where he's got some confidence, that's a big plus. So, yes, I do like Steely this week. And to the eighth hole, I'm going to play a top 20 on Chris Kirk, who just, quite frankly, has undervalued the marketplace. He was a little bit all or nothing in the previous season. In 2022 so far, this calendar year, he's got nine finishes of 50th or worse. That includes miscuts, but he's got seven finishes of 17th or better. So there is this little bit of a differential between his ceiling and his floor. I'm going after the ceiling this week. Look, if you played top 20s on Chris Kirk throughout the year, you'd been up a pretty good percentage through now. So I'm going to play him as a top 20, like I said, plus 250 this week. All right, close out the front nine for us, Benny. All right, I'll close at the front with the last crack at a President's Cup scenario player. But I'm going to go the first round leader option. I mean, I want to go to Taylor Pendrith, the Canadian, 40 to 1 to be the first round leader. He's only played at this event once before, did finish in the top 40. Again, I'm going to go off the confidence factor, the fact that he's excited. It's almost certain that he'll be paired with his mate, Corey Connors, this week, who is likely to be at least one of his partners in the President's Cup. They're best mates. They Again, they're having a good time. They're feeding off each other. I think Pendrith, the way he sort of closed the season, has the ability, his irons have been essentially getting better and better and better as time's gone on. I think he can go out with a good start, potentially, if he's in, in the morning wave. And, and 40 to 1 was a nice odds. I like that play. I like Taylor Pendrith a lot. Moving forward, he's a very, very talented player. I think he can win on the PGA Tour this season. All right, we make the turn now. Quick dog and a drink, and we get to the 10th tee. I'm up, and this one this one is just an overall sprinkle. You want to place a little outright, fine. You want to go a little top five, top 10, top 20, DFS. Whatever you want to do with Justin Suh, I'm in favor of it this week. Justin Suh, he was sort of the fourth Beatle. He was the guy who a couple of years ago, back in, the summer of 2019, he was a guy standing next to Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland and Matthew Wolf in all those photo ops because they all turned pro together at the same time. Those three instant rise to superstardom and they haven't come down since. Justin Suh has taken a little while. That said, if you haven't paid attention to what he's done recently, it's been really good. Not only did he win the Corn Ferry Tour Championship, he's finished the top 15 of eight of his last 10 Corn Ferry starts. The guy is rolling right now. Like most of my picks so far, 
You can sense a theme. There's a little narrative. He is another West Coast guy, and I think West Coast guys should have a little advantage this week. At 65-1 to outright, I don't mind a little sprinkle there, but I would play him up and down the board, Justin Suh. Mate, force me to move a hole, but I'll I'll come out there with the 11th in with one of my long shots, if you will, Justin Suh. I think that the fact he is a California kid is a big, big difference. I think that there's always players that come out of the KFT finals and and play with some momentum. But when it comes to the new season, I think he's a candidate for that. The only reason really that he probably didn't have the trajectory that the others did is I think it was a wrist injury or a hand injury at some point early in his career when others were making moves that sort of put him behind the eight ball, but that's long gone now. Look, <laughs> that was one of the many long shots I'd put down here. So I'm going to say that Justin Sutt is definitely worth a look across the board this week. Absolutely. All right. We get to the 12th hole and look, not every bet we make is going to be an aggressive bet. Not every bet's going to be a long shot. Not every bet is going to make you millions of dollars. Sometimes we have to give you a nice conservative one. Look, first week of the season, let's build up the bankroll. I'm going to help you build up that bankroll by giving you an absolute lock. Andrew Putnam for a top 40. It's even money. Look, I said, you know, it's not going to be a big payday here. That said, he has finished inside the top 40 in each of his last three starts at the Fortinet Championship. In each of his last four starts on the PGA Tour, he's been 27th or better. That's a nice convergence, exactly what we're looking for. If you want to get a little more aggressive with your Putnam bets, I'm okay with that. But like I said, top 40 should be a smash play at even money this week. (laughs) We've done it again, mate. You've sent me there, but it's okay because I wrote down a second top 40 option. So I'm going to go to my top 40 and I'm going to absolutely go on top of what you just said. If you're looking for a lock at just the 100 and it's a way to sort of maybe cover your other bets this week if you will that's a great pick to go with there at at the plus 100 but i looked further down and the theme of my last few picks will be all sort of long shots and guys to sprinkle across the board that are coming out of that corn ferry tour category like i said that have got potential momentum and and something that others won't sort of the books may not have caught up with yet uh so i like carl yuan the chinese excitement machine plus 150 at top 40 Let me tell you this, if you don't know anything about him, you could probably Google him and just watch some amazing cool videos. Once you do start to watch golf again this season, keep an eye for him because he's certainly a lot of fun. He's a different character. We need more of these guys in golf. Coming out of China, he's a sensational bloke. And the plus 150 there, as I said, I had Putnam down, but I also had Yuan as someone to look with a bit better juicy odds. So top 40 market, keep a look at those two guys. People are going to love this dude. His swing is wild. His swing is not like anything we've seen on the PGA Tour. I can't wait to see him in contention and see the mainstream folk. Not the people that are listening to the pod now, Mm -hmm. because we know you're diehards, but the mainstream folks are going to be like, oh my God, look at this dude's swing. He looks like me. Yeah, but guess Mm -hmm. what? He hits it a lot better than you. (laughs) Oh, Yuan's going to be a good player out there. All right, 14th hole. I'll go to my first round leader play. He did it not that long ago. The FedEx St. Jude Championship in Memphis, co-leader, after the first round alongside Siwoo Kim, I'm looking for JJ Spawn to cash some more tickets. Yet again, mm. my theme of the day, West Coast guys, 65 to 1 for JJ Spawn to be first round leader. I, I'm a little reticent in the fact that Spawn has never posted a sub 70 score on a Thursday at Silverado. That said, five of his other 11 rounds have been in the 60s. And so we know he can post a number. Hasn't done it on a Thursday yet. I think he's saving it all up for this year. He seems like a different player 
a lot more confidence now since winning the Valero Texas Open back in May. And so I think that he's a guy that we can target for at least first round leader bets, if not for full four round bets. Yeah, and I think he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder too from falling behind in a few events late in the season there when he had a great opportunity. So I know he's motivated. That's a good thing. And if you don't get on him at the correct week, once he does get it done again, you won't see those numbers again for a while. So if you can get good odds on him, grab him. Let's go to 15 and I'll throw you my two absolute wild long shots to have a look at. We're talking 250 to 1 and 300 to 1 here. So again, small units and maybe not outright, but a chance to look at those 40s and 20s. I'm going to give you the 300 to 1 shot first. And this is, again, giving some personal insight, but a new Australian to the tour in Harrison Endicott. Harrison Endicott is a new Aussie, 300 to 1 this week. Look, great story. Real grinding kid. Lost his mother to cancer, sadly, when he was about 15. Got really close with his inner circle then and his father through golf and and it became even better than what he was. But such insular scenario, he was given the chance to, do you go to Latino America tour or do you stay in Australia and just pot around? And he took the risk, went off on his own, got himself into the Latino American tour through Q School, then got himself onto the KFT tour straight away, was doing well there. And then, of course, we got COVID. Now, everyone had issues in COVID. But Aussies that couldn't get to their coach, couldn't see their family, couldn't see their friends for two and a half years, different set of circumstances. That was a really taxing on him. He didn't give up. He kept going. One last year on the KFT, made his way to the tour. Everything is gravy for him, and he is so pumped to get started. Talked to him last week. 300 to 1 is a fantastic number for a guy that's got the talent he has. So his dad will also be on site. He's feeling good about that. He's going to be in a good headspace. Do I think he's going to win the tournament? That would be out of the box. But if you want to look at someone at big odds in 40s, make cuts, matchups, et cetera, Harris Endicott is your man. Your other one is more well-known and might be a surprise to many that he was even coming back from the Corn Ferry Tour. But the number of 250 to 1 for a guy who was in the last President's Cup, in the last President's Cup, Ben Arn is playing this week, a return. Another guy who was humbled by the fact that he went down after like five years from from being a rookie, he was you know mainstay on the tour, had a poor year two years ago, got sent back to KFT, won there early, had a runner-up, looked himself in the mirror. He loves a good time, but he realised, I've actually got to try at golf. I can't just use my natural skill. Former US amateur winner, of course, buckled down, took it seriously when he needed to, still has his personality of fun, but makes sure he gets the work done when he needs to. And 250 to 1, Ben Arn, huge, huge, huge odds for someone of that talent. I think he's going to have a nice year. I love the Endicott story. I'm going to be watching that guy. I can't wait to read some of your stuff. I know you're going to be writing about him as well. All right, 16th hole at DraftKings. They've got a bet out there, a prop bet. The winner to come from the final pairing or not. You're laughing at me, Benny. Did we hit it again? We've been doing this too much lately. Did it all last year. We've done it a couple times already. This one where we basically, we don't talk to each other about this. We say that all the time on the spot. We do not talk before we turn the the lights on and before we start recording and we wind up hitting with the same stuff. You're laughing already. The winner to be in the final pairing, I'm taking no at plus 175. Feels like a big number. Only two of the last seven winners have come from the final pairing. That was Cameron Champ and Kevin Tway a few years ago. This is one where we see a bunch of 65s on Sunday chase guys down max homa did it last year Stuart sink did it the previous year it happens at silverado i'm betting on it to happen again and benny judging by the look on your face i'm guessing you might be betting on the same thing huh 
I just laugh because I'm running out of holes and I had to get rid of one of my notes that I was going to throw out there. And literally the last thing I crossed out to not put in, because you know I've only got one hole left, was that exact bet. It just seems like better odds than you usually get for that scenario. I mean, I haven't paid close attention to that market, to be fair, but it jumped off the page at me that that was the case because absolutely Silverado can lend itself to a guy flying up the leaderboard. I mean, Max Homer, would he be the same player he is right now had he not holed out from 98 yards on the final day for an eagle to continue his run up the leaderboard and win that tournament last year? I mean, that was a springboard shot and a springboard final round to some huge, huge things for Max over the last 12 months. So, yeah, I just laughed because I did put a star around it and thought that's an option to bring up. It's just, it's funny how our minds work sometimes and we find the same things. My last hole, my 17th hole is my outright pick, my best pick here. I wonder if we're going to be the same on this one as well. Well, I'm stealing from your West Coast five, so I don't know whether Uh that is the case. I'm also, I'm also, I love a good story. And I love a good revenge story. I love a good Uh, revenge story. mm. Uh, I like the guy who shoulda, coulda, woulda won it last year, if not for Max Homer's big finish. Runner-up, Mav McNeely. I'm going to throw him out there for you. So I think he's between 20 and 30 to 1, depending on where you look. He doesn't have necessarily form anywhere else or whatever in a run of things. But what I do know is he is like a 17 times better player when he's on the West Coast and when he's in California. And... I feel like he'll feel like he has unfinished business. I know he learned a ton from how it all went down last year. He likes the course, most likely in a good frame of mind. I think that he can put himself up there again. So I'm going to see if we can't see Mav McNeely, the California kid, get some revenge this year. Everything you said leading up to that pick made me think you were stealing the same player that I have here because it is a West Coast guy. There is a little bit of a revenge narrative, although not at this specific tournament. He is in that same range on the board. He actually opened it 35 to 1 in some books and that quickly went down to 28 to 1 and might be even shorter by the time some people are listening to this podcast. One of my favorite guys to bet on a regular basis. In fact, I wrote a piece that's up at Action Network right now. You can check it out where you can find my five favorite players who are just on a regular basis have outright value. I'm not going to say the name, but let me. Is it? likely the player that I thought could have been the pick, the final person on the US yes. team and maybe yes, should have been given his age and potential ceiling. And that's where I was going with the revenge yes. narrative that yes, not necessarily did Sahith Thigala there it is. claim yeah. to the 12th spot on the US President's Cup team, but very much like Scotty Scheffler was put on the Ryder Cup team a year ago, it would have made some sense. Nobody has a problem with Kevin Kisner, but you could have seen it happening. He didn't make that team. If Sahith needs a little more inspiration, a little more motivation to prove himself, he's got it this week. I love the number. I love the number on a regular basis. Trust me, guys. Jump on the bandwagon while you can because this number will not be available in these types of fields for much longer for this guy. He is just that good. I see a Scotty Scheffler-like emergence for Sahith Thigala happening this year. Doesn't mean he's going to win the Masters. Doesn't mean he's going to be player of the year. But I think he wins multiple times on the PGA Tour. He's going to win soon. You don't want to miss out. Jump on Sahith while you can. And yes, he's got that West Coast vibe going for him as well. That's the 18th hole. We've played them all, guys. We're going to go to the 19th hole. But we're going to leave you before we do. Thanks to everybody out there for listening to this edition of the Best Bets 
pod here on the links and locks podcast remember you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast download subscribe rate and listen every single week of the pga tour season we're back finally here for the next 11 months for ben everill i'm jason sobel good luck with all your bets for the fortnet championship here's hoping you hit the green